0: From Walking in Grace, this is The Straight Truth Podcast. Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Welcome again to The Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpot. Now today's episode is part of our series of interviews about the sovereignty of God in evangelism. Dr. Richard Caldwell sat down with Dr. Owen Strayen for a conversation on this topic during the Truth in Love Conference at Founders Baptist Church. Now, you can learn more about this conference by going to truthinlove.org. And don't forget to like this video. Please leave your comments below, and especially subscribe to our YouTube channel. Now, let's listen as Dr. Caldwell and Dr. Owen Strayan discuss the doctrines of grace.
1: Well, it's such a joy to have you back with us again for another Truth in Love conference. always enjoy you being here, and I'm looking forward to hearing you tonight. Our subject matter this weekend is God's sovereignty and evangelism. And I'm always interested to hear everyone's story about when they were first introduced to these doctrines and sort of their personal journey with them. So if you would tell us about that. So I was
2: raised in a believing home, a Baptist home on the coast of Maine. And so I heard the gospel at church and at home from an early age. And remember, I think the first Ping of spiritual interest I had was that I knew that I was a sinner and I knew that I was deserving of God's judgment. I knew it. Um, I wasn't a wild kid, but I still knew that even the small problems in my life were not small. They were big problems. It wasn't until I went to a child evangelism fellowship summer camp uh, for kids. I think I was nine. It was my first time away from home. I remember being scared to sleep in this cabin with total strangers or whatever, but it was a transformative experience for me because for some reason the gospel sunk in during that time. And I understood not simply the bad news, so-called, that I deserved God's punishment for my sin, but I realized that Jesus had taken that punishment for me. And it was sweet to me then and it's sweet to me now. Um, I went to a very secular school. I didn't have many Christian friends but I, I believed those truths, and God sustained me in a, in a difficult season.
1: Mm. That, um, the five points in the tulip that uh, I think we would all uh, formulate them differently to, to better explain them. But taking those five points, of those five, which was the most difficult for you to embrace?
2: A lot of people have trouble with the L, mm. with uh, what we might call definite atonement, but is right. often said to be limited atonement. Uh, I was not raised in a context that emphasized definite atonement. Mm. Uh, I heard from an early age that everybody had their sins paid for, and so effectively salvation was a check you needed to cash. But the check had already been written uh, for everybody by Jesus. And so coming to understand that God has a people for himself and that he loved that group, that people before the foundation of the earth, and then he was carrying out his good plan all the way from before the beginning of time to the very end of time, was pretty revolutionary for me in college. Mm. That's where uh, some friends and I started reading Reformed theology, the doctrines of grace, and a doctrine that formerly was problematic and seemed pretty troublesome, as if the love of God had been a counterfeit before, like I thought I believed in the love of God, Mm. now became much sweeter. To me. And that has helped me try to articulate these things in teaching and preaching uh, the Bible and these doctrines as the Bible introduces them. Because sadly, a lot of people are sold a vision of love, perhaps with good intentions, but they're sold a vision of love that makes actual uh, codified, structured biblical love, God defined love, seem missing or lacking or problematic when in reality, God is the one who defines love. Mm -hmm. God is the one who defines love. God is the one who defines salvation. God is the one who defines atonement. Mm -hmm. And so that all began to click into
1: place during that season. Now talking about the love of God, I think about Jonathan Edwards, and you've done a lot of work regarding uh, Edwards and his theology. Talk about Edwards' Calvinism. Talk about his views of the love of God, some things you've learned from him about these things.
2: Edwards uh, made a major impact on me not so much because of one precise exegetical point or another but simply first for me because of how big his god was Mm. Uh, he literally wrote a book about why god created everything and so when a theologian does that they get your attention if you're (laughs) interested in searching out these questions so jonathan edwards is that theologian he's one of a handful in church history 2000 years who did that So that's what first impressed itself upon me, was just how big and awesome and glorious this God was. Edwards has this term that he uses, excellency, Mm -hmm. which is really his summary term to define all the perfections and attributes of God. And uh, Edwards' major point throughout his writings is that the, the reason everything exists is to display the glory or the excellency, the beauty of God. And so when you're starting from that foundational point, that can make it a lot easier then to understand how some of these tough words, hard words of scripture, difficult doctrines, call them what you will, that kind of foundation can help you understand how you can receive these things as good and true. So with Edwards and love, Edwards juxtaposes love against the backdrop of God's absolute and perfect justice, Mm. that's part of why Edwardsian preaching had such a strong effect. Mm. And I I fear that that's why a good portion of our preaching today doesn't have strong effect, at least in some cases. It's because we're quick to talk about the love of God, Mm. love of God, love of God, we're supposed to. We know that's in the playbook, but that's all the playbook seems to have. That's Mm. the only play to run. That's the play we want to run as Christians. The love of God is everything to us. And yet, that's not the only doctrine the Bible contains. Edwards preaches in the 1730s and especially early 1740s, the judgment of God that is coming for every sinner. And that's what literally causes people to cry out to God for salvation in that first great awakening period. So, the love of God for Edwards is everything. And yet, he would argue, he would say to us today, he would certainly say to preachers mm. of the cross that people will not truly grasp just how excellent the love of God is until they understand the judgment
1: of God. Talking about the sovereignty of God, Owen, how has that shaped your ministry, your approach to ministry, and how has this, sh- this knowledge shaped your own personal life? Um, you know, I talked to the other speakers about the challenges facing pastors, because this is what we do all the time, you not only face the challenges uh, of ministry in the, in the life of the church, or a churchman, but you also face a unique challenge in the seminary and in the college. Mm. How, how has this shaped your ministry? Sovereignty of God is everything.
2: It's like Iram Judson said in, in going to Burma, present day Myanmar, if I did not know that God was sovereign, I'm paraphrasing, none of this would have been doable effectively Mm. is what Judson confesses. And that's true I think for all of us. Mm. It's true for me uh, in particular as I have tried to take a small and humble stand for some contested doctrines in scripture. Uh, including complementarity, including God making two sexes for his own glory, the man and the woman in Genesis 2, mm-hmm. God having a plan for the sexes, of course, for, for godliness, whether single or married, but especially you know, charting that plan for marriage early in the Bible, and the Bible really being the story of a covenant marriage, God and his people, and that has all sorts of dimensions for our, our faith and our practice. You know, I try to remember, Richard, that um, any minor, minor platform God has given me Mm. is not my platform. Mm. It's common to think that way today, your brand, your platform, Mm. your voice, whatever it is, influence. Anything we have, whether it's influencing 10 million people, which to be clear is not my level of influence, (laughs) but if you're you're influencing 10 million people a week or if you are influencing 10 people a week, Mm. as a Christian, God owns that influence. Mm. Uh, If you have a mic (laughs) through which to speak in some form, God paid for that mic. He paid for that mic with the blood of his son. Mm. So I try to remember that in my own humble ministry, largely insignificant and anonymous. But when I am given a chance to engage a public issue or something, I try to remember that, A this is God's ministry, and B, God is sovereign over this. So if this um, goes badly in natural terms, meaning if people don't like this, if they oppose this, if this makes me less popular, if I lose followers, whatever it may be, if I have spoken the truth and tried to do justice to the, the word of God in my ministry, I, I'm imperfect in that, but if that's been my aim, mm. then I'm going to just pray that God is going to use that, and I'm going to trust that He will, because He is totally sovereign over it. This isn't my ministry. We use those terms mm-hmm. commonly, mm-hmm. my ministry, mm-hmm. and I don't mean you know you get a zap anytime you do, you know, from from a little uh, taser, spiritual <laughs> taser. But listen, it's not my ministry. Right. Ultimately, it's not mine at all. Mm. This is the ministry of Christ. I'm just I'm just swimming in
1: this stream for a little while. That's good, Owen. Obviously, you have a personal life and you have a family. So how have these truths shaped you just as a man and a husband? Mm. Wow, they
2: have have been everything to me because um, the greatness of God not only shapes the career we go into or the big decisions we make, it shapes every single second Mm. of our existence. The reformers in historical terms five centuries ago are the ones who recover the doctrines of grace that are all in the Mm -hmm. Bible and they have a term that they use to describe the Christian life and the way the Christian lives each second. It's quorum Deo, that Latin Mm -hmm. phrase. It roughly translates before the presence of God, Mm -hmm. which sounds a little mystical and can freak you out if you're a doctrinal Christian a little bit, but it really actually makes sense. You live every second of your life as if God is before you. Mm. He's there with you. Uh, He is through His Spirit. We have union with Christ in the form of his spirit. Uh, And so he is with us and yet we live especially under the the thinking that God our Father, our our good and gracious Father is watching us with pleasure as we obey him and follow him in our daily lives. That's true for those of us who have the inestimable privilege of serving in ministry, Mm. uh, technical vocational ministry, call it what you want, but it's true of every Christian. Mm. Every Christian lives before the presence of God, so we do that because God owns the whole world and he owns every second of our lives and he's driving this cosmos to exactly the eschatological conclusion he wants. Mm. And so, man, uh, understanding the sovereignty of God not only changes your understanding of soteriology proper, Mm. how we're saved and these sorts of things, it changes the way you drive to work. Mm-hmm. It changes the way you interact with your barista at Starbucks. It changes the way you talk to your children. It changes the way you you, you think about your priorities in terms of, do I take this work trip, do I not? Mm-hmm. These and 10,000 other
1: considerations factor. And how you process disappointment and process hardships and all those sorts of things as well. Totally. We'll finish with this. If you were to identify the, the one criticism against Calvinism that you hear most often what would that be and how would you answer it?
2: I hear somewhat often that uh, Calvinism has a deadening effect mm-hmm. on spiritual practice, if you will. And so I commonly hear doctrine pitted against practice and Calvinism and doctrine <laughs> being rough synonyms for a good number of people, though everybody's doctrinal at some level. sure. Uh, not liking doctrine is a doctrine. Um, But I I believe that doctrine actually drives practice. And so understanding the greatness of God, understanding the majesty of God, understanding a Coram Deo vision of life absolutely transforms your daily existence it supercharges it, it re it. The world tries to drain the life out of us mm-hmm. and the joy out of existence. And Satan wants us to believe that we only have meaning and happiness if we're giving in to our raw desires and mm-hmm. instincts, if we're being true to ourselves but the the Bible goes the exact opposite way. The Bible says that's a false gospel. Mm -hmm. The Bible actually, I think, would encourage us to see that there are lots of false gospels, but they all really reduce to that one, the idea that we can be happy and fulfilled and have a great life outside of God. So all this to say, um, I need to recognize as a Christian that doctrine, which just means biblical teaching, Mm -hmm. biblical teaching and doctrine is calibrated not to deaden me and quiet my emotions and my affections so I'm this listless, (laughs) but believing in the truth kind of believer. No, 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 I'm supposed to be fired up and stoked up at every moment to live for the glory of God. God has given me this life, I don't know how, how long it's gonna last, I don't know how soon I'm gonna be called home, but right now, today, I get to risk my comfort and safety, my quietude, and I get to try to do my part to give God glory. That's a pretty exhilarating reality and it shows me that sound doctrine, the doctrines of grace included,
1: do not deaden mm. vibrant Christianity. Amen. I uh, said so that was the last one. I'm gonna ask you one more. Sure. Uh, outside of the book, the Bible, God's Word, what book would you recommend for someone to begin exploring these doctrines? Maybe someone watches this and they're like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Um, what would you suggest?
2: Okay, that's unfair to ask me that because I love so many good books, but can I can I give two? Sure. Uh, can I cheat? Okay, one is kind of an existential answer, The Holiness of God by R.C. Sproul, mm. just because Sproul gets into kind of the lived experience of the stuff we're mm-hmm. talking about. Right. He looks at what doctrine does to poor Martin Luther, mm. who is not expecting any of this to happen. It's an
1: excellent book. It's a great recommend, yeah.
2: Yeah, very similar to... Saul of Tarsus, as we heard Dr. Lawson talk about. I mean, Martin Luther is not expecting to kick off the Reformation. Mm -hmm. He's just doing his thing, he's teaching his Bible classes, he's moving up the ranks of the Roman Mm -hmm. Catholic Church, he's seeing some things he's disturbed by, but he's got a great life queued up for him. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't involve forming Protestantism, which is the reason we're sitting here in human terms today. So that's that's the first thing. Uh, Sproul shows how Luther is gripped by the holiness of God, but then also, tremendously comforted by the love of God. Uh, And then my second book, I I know I'm cheating, but is uh, George Marsden's Jonathan Edwards, A Life. Mm -hmm. So it's a biography, it's a dense biography. It's 720 pages with the footnotes and the indexes and all that stuff. But but if you can dive into it, and if you can read five pages at a time, you will come face to face with the Edwardsian vision of God, and it will not leave you unchanged if Mm -hmm. you're paying attention. So those are my two.
1: We appreciate you, Owen. Appreciate your ministry. Thank God you're here with us this weekend. Thank you for doing this. Thank you, Tom.
0: Thanks again for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Now, you can find links to all of our social media channels by going to our website, straighttruth.net. Now, do us a favor. Please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to these episodes there. We release new episodes every Thursday. Also, go to the iTunes podcast section and leave us a review. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries. For more information, go to walkingingrace.org.